Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We are now truly entering my favorite time of the sports year and that is baseball starting to wrap up feeling October's coming Tampa Bay Buccaneers NFL now into full swing couple weeks into the season and yes it's hockey time it's hockey time the lightning the Tampa Bay Lightning report to training camp today they have the first workout tomorrow and we have a chance to talk today to Eduardo Encina who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times long off-season, longer than they're used to after the last uh, three previous years, of course, losing in the first round this time to Toronto. And many, many changes for Julian Brucebaugh and his team. So we'll get into that with Eduardo Encina here in just a minute. Um, well, you forgot guess, one other thing. I mean, since, you know, we got all three sports going. That's right. And the weather was actually a little cooler today. I think I'm here to stay. <laughs> Are you now? Well... Listen, that, that was the slogan. That, that's the, the mantra that uh, Stuart Sternberg and the Tampa Bay Rays trotted out with their big announcement that they have reached or struck a deal uh, to, to build a new stadium in, in St. Petersburg, more or less adjacent to where Tropicana Field is now. Uh, and then, of course, part of a huge development down there that's just going to uh, change, really, the, the, the face of, of that city, which is already rapidly changing and I, I would imagine create some great opportunities. And we can get into, you know, what what the specifics of the stadium is and the cost and, and how, you know, the Rays are going to pay for more than half of that, I suppose, um, at least as, uh, as it's projected now. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest headline is they're here to stay, right? And they could have added in Tampa Bay because the last time we had one of these sort of press conferences <laughs> – they had a big thing in, in I think in right field about Montreal. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, well, it's not Montreal. You know what's funny? I, I occasionally uh will be in my car and when I'm not listening to uh satellite I'll I'll turn on the local radio and 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 we've done a lot of radio, but I, I was amazed today of all days when the, the team is announcing that they have finally and I know there's still some T's to cross and I's to dot and all of that. But they've finally come to a solution. Like, they are building a stadium. They are staying here. They don't have to worry that in 2028, uh, when that lease is up, they will be playing in a new ballpark. Great news. The best of news, right? Especially when you compare it to what it was what, a year or so ago. And yet, people are still calling in. And this may hey, say more about people that call in the radio stations. But this, people are still calling in going... But I think it's too far. I don't like driving over people. They've just saved your baseball team. It's not going to Charlotte. It's not going to Las Vegas. It's not going to, you know, all these other cities that would be clamoring uh, for a major league team. This is it. This, this, as we said last night, this was our last stadium show, and and it was because I'm not going to do a whole show on this, but. I'm just amazed that there's still this mentality somewhere that exists in Tampa Bay 
Well, I don't know how it's going well, all the way over. The bigger thing is, is if there was a better deal to be had in the Tampa side, that's where the press conference would have been today. No question. Stu Sternberg's taking the be best there. deal he could find in this market. That's right. And it's on the Pinella side. But you know what I mean? If you care, if you care at all about baseball, mm-hmm. being in this community, being in Tampa Bay, if you th- if you value Major League Baseball franchise, being here, then this is a great day. I don't care where you live. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm up in Lutz. I'd like for him to build it. You know, somewhere closer to Dale Mabry. I don't know, but like at the end of the day, it's like no, this is like as good a news as you could hope for. Short of I want it in my backyard. I mean this this is this is presumably by all accounts the end. I mean, I was listening to uh to Andy and he was talking about it on the broadcast tonight. By the way, goes, it was great to have him back on the broadcast. Oh, wasn't it though? And he's boy, he's been through a lot. I guess he uh I guess he's doing really well. He feels pretty good anyway. Yeah, I mean well I, he feels be- I I've been texting with him throughout the time he's been gone and and he's feeling better. Um mm-hmm. you know, he's still got some issues and he's going to have to address in the off season, but doctors have allowed him to go back to work now and it's, he's got just a, a messed up back. Yeah. But, and, and yeah, it was, but it was great. He's back. And, and while he was back, he was talking about how, you know what? We don't have to answer that question ever again. Like everywhere they would go, every ballpark, every city, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was what's going on. Are you guys going to move? What's up with the stadium? Where are they going to put the stadium? This has been going for 15 years. And for 15 years, the response was always the same. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't really know. We don't. Well, now you do. Now you have an answer to that question, and no one has to ask it anymore. You know, it's national news. They're, they're staying in Tampa Bay, and, and more specifically St. Petersburg, which is just great. I, 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 I still don't think you can really accept the significance of this, and maybe there's a little skepticism too because – it wasn't that long ago that Sternberg stood up there and said he had another plan that nobody wanted. But um, in as much as you can see what is at stake here, you can see where um, this is a great opportunity for the Rays and the Rays owners uh, to get in on this development in the gas plant area and all of that. So it, it makes too much dollars and cents for it not to happen this time. So, you know, I, I, I was very happy uh, today to know that there will be a major league baseball team for my kids to watch uh and maybe for their kids to watch mm-hmm. as well you yeah. know in the future and it's supposed to be ready at the fourth quarter of 2027 mm-hmm. gives them a couple extra months to be ready for opening day of 2028 beautiful and it's a 30 year lease mhm so you're talking 34 more seasons of race yeah. baseball in in Tampa Bay for sure yeah, and I hope to see everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'll throw out the first pitch when the, when the lease is up. Yeah, you know, and we, look, we've had and we talked about this yesterday too. The debate: should it be in Tampa? Should it be in Pinellas? Is it better in Ebor? Is it? Yeah, I don't know if the gas, the gas, you know, uh, the district there is is the best place for it. It was the best deal, but it's also part of you know, it's a one point three billion dollar stadium. It's part of a six point five billion dollar investment. I mean, think yeah. of downtown Tampa five six years ago, right? And look at what it's become now. And this—that's a four billion dollar investment. Now they're right. going to start fa- phase two of that now, and it's going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do on that site. Which, when everyone says it's in Pinellas County, the tenants will be bad. 
Nobody goes. We see it now. I want to see what that development does to that area. It's one thing when you go to Tropicana Field, and before five or six years ago, there was nothing around it, really. When I moved right, to town, yeah. it was Ferg's. That was it. That, that was all that was down there, yeah. You know, and I now, mean, now there's more. But by the time this is done, and granted, it's going to take 20 years for the whole project to be completed. But mm-hmm. they're, I mean, they are literally transforming that whole area. Yes. And so it's an apples to oranges comparison to what the TROP has been for the last 15 years, 20, 25, whatever you want to quantify attendance wise in that and compared to what it could be whether it will be a success time will tell whether people will come from Lutz and Brandon and Tampa to more games because it's a new stadium in the development that's their hope and 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 also the businesses to to sponsorships and 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 that but as you have more residents there more businesses more public use space there the hope is is they're developing much like downtown Tampa all of a sudden now has a ton more people in it than it used to have. And uh, and frankly, so does downtown St. Petersburg, but it kind of mm-hmm. stops there at 16th, mm-hmm. 16th yep. uh, uh, Street. This is kind of expanding downtown now. That's right. And that, now, that's now, the hope of this in, by a $6.5 billion investment mm-hmm. over the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do, to, to basically expand downtown and make this a huge entertainment, mixed-use development, living area. And and that's the way it has been done to build new stadiums for the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Going back as far as San Francisco with the uh, with the Giants, um, there is a partnership between a developer and and the club, and then the municipality, of course, in this case, the government um, in St. Petersburg, Pinellas County, giving some some uh, money too. That that that's how you get these things done. So, um, is it is like you said? Is, is it perfect? No, but. It, it accomplishes the number one and, and really the only goal that matters, and that is keeping the Tampa Bay Rays right here in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, if they're here to stay in Tampa Bay, man, that is a, that is a great headline, and everything else um, kind of comes secondary after that. So, meanwhile, on the field, um, they rallied to beat the uh, Angels. This is a 2-2 game until uh, Slavis uh, Basabe ended up with a, a two-RBI double there and broke it open a little bit. Yeah, another, you know, the Rays are trying to catch the Orioles, uh, who, as we talked about last <laughs> night, hit that three-run home run in the ninth to uh, beat the Astros. And tonight, as we're taping this, they're leading 9-5 to five over the Astros in the seventh. It's incredible, man. The Actually, the AL West, the three teams fighting for the division, the Astros, the Rangers, and the Mariners, all those teams are under five hundred for, like, the last three weeks. Like, nobody wants to win that division. No one wants it, yeah. <laughs> And the Astros, the only really tough team left on the Orioles' schedule, aren't helping the the Rays. No, but no, the I Rays think... went and beat the Angels, the team you're supposed to beat. So, yeah. Uh, now, Taj Bradley like pitched pretty well. He did. He's prone to the home run ball. He yeah. has been this year a little bit, but overall, you know, you got what you needed from him. But you right? gave up. He gave up one solo home run. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. And Stevenson yeah. gave up another one, but yeah. That's fine. You know, if Taj Bradley goes out every time, gives up one solo home run, I'm good. I mean, you, you have two solo two, home runs a game. I'm good. Yeah, two two in the in the uh, eighth inning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah something like it was. That. Yeah, Stevenson gave up the other home run, but yeah. So I mean, you, you'll take that every day. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because uh, when they had Sternberg on during the broadcast, they <laughs> talked to him. He goes, "Well, it was a great day." When he goes, "I'm still trying to get over Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> like that was a tough loss, man. That would that would have changed a lot of things, and uh, 
but you just hated to see them blow that. But, you know, uh, still time. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, funny things happen. But they do know this. They're going to be in the postseason. They've won, what, 91 games now, I believe? 93. 93. Wow. I lost count. Uh, 93 games, which is just incredible. 93 and 59. So if they can go 7 and 3 the rest of the way, they have 10 games left. Mm-hmm. There'll be 100 wins. 100 win team, man. Those, 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 those are just rare air seasons, and they've had a couple of them under Kevin Cash now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, all, all the playoff appearances that they're stacking up, it's really, really a remarkable story. And just imagine once they have this new ballpark and the revenue streams, and maybe even before they get into the ballpark, you can actually have revenue and have a team that will go out and compete for free agents at the at the time with, with other clubs and have the revenue to do so. So um, that's exciting, too. It's not just the stadium. It's what the promise of the stadium will bring to their whole organization. So I think it's, a, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a great day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't – I can't wait to see them put the shovel in the ground. I'll feel a lot better that day. But for right now, this is uh, pretty exciting stuff. Stu Sternberg said that hopefully all the, the votes and stuff from city council and the county commissioners – will be wrapped up by the end of the year, early January, uh, and then they can move on and, and have shovels in the ground probably in the spring. It takes yeah. about 39 months to build the stadium. That's a long time, man. Yeah, and, a little and over three years. So if you start mid-24, you're done before the end of 27. Yeah. There'll be some there'll, there'll be some inconvenience because when you're, when mm-hmm. you're building one where the parking lot is essentially mm-hmm. now – then parking becomes an issue, and so there'll be some stuff they'll have to, some hurdles they'll have to. Well, the guys from Heinz today at the press conference said the first thing they'll build is parking garages. Good. There to, you go. To basically supplement where they're going to be building the stadium over a parking lot. Beautiful. So that's one of the first things they'll start building is parking garages. There you go. Problem solved. They got. They thought of everything, man. They thought of everything. I'm sure. There's some neat features about this uh, proposed stadium too. We'll get into maybe another day, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Suffice to say, it's not going to be the dank and dark Tropicana field that you were all used to. Um, so that's that's good as well, and and you would expect that. A little smaller, thirty thousand. Um, that's going to be the norm, I think, in, in in a lot of sports, baseball included. So, uh, yeah, and we got uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are off in terms of their players again today. They'll be back tomorrow to begin their week. Of course, Monday Night Football. Looming against the Philadelphia Eagles, so I always get this screwed up. But Thursday is like a Wednesday, uh, you know. Friday is like a Thursday, and so on. And um, so we'll be talking to Baker Mayfield later in the week uh, this week, and uh, of course Dave Canales and all those guys as we as we cruise along. But you can check out a story on Kate Otten in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. He's played ninety over ninety five percent of the snaps so far this year, and and rarely comes out of the game and has been blocking his butt off. Um, just a throwback type player that uh, has had to pick up, pick up a lot of the slack at the tight end position. But um, check that out as well on TampaBay.com. All right, we're going to talk Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. They uh, report to training camp today with Eduardo Encina here of the Tampa Bay Times in just a second. But first, you guys already know that it's hurricane season in Florida, but there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there is no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance cost. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup power can also save you hundreds of dollars 
each month. And if you lose power through one of these storms, a generator could cost over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing Enphase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar's solar battery backup, or to get started, call 727-819-2862, or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. Hard to believe that I'm going to say this, but it feels like the Lightning have not played in a long time, and that's not been the case in any offseason in recent memory, but it's been nearly five months now, and fortunately we get a chance again to talk to Eduardo Encina, who covers the Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times. Eduardo, I mean, this is good for everybody, I would think, especially writers that have to do this for the last three years, um, <laughs> but I'm guessing like, what what will this sort of – you know, full off season mean going into training camp for this team this year. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see, because I think that, you know, obviously, you know, they, they did want to lose in the first round, uh, you know, Toronto to Toronto and have that, that early exit. But I think the, you know, the silver lining to this was that, you know, I think they, 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 they looked at this off season as, you know, maybe we could benefit from a little extra rest, both physically and mentally. You know, I think sure. we know from seeing, these long, deep runs that they've made, you know, really how much uh, the buildup of, of you know, the physical toll that it takes on your body, um, especially when the postseason comes around. So, um, you know, they've done that. They did that three years in a row being the, you know, playing in the last game of the season. And, um, you know, I, I think it did take a, a big toll on a lot of guys, not just physically, but also mentally. So um, I think they, they kind of come back, you know, to camp here this week with a little bit of fresh perspective. I think, you know, there, there's some guys, you know, as, as has been the case the past several years is, you know, there's some guys that they're going to look around and, and they're not going to be there um, that they've been used to seeing. And mm-hmm. um, there's going to be some new faces. So um, I think this year's team, you know, they, they've kind of got a, uh, there's, there's definitely a, a sour taste in their mouth. Uh, you know, it, it's not losing in the Stanley cup finals like two years ago, but um, you know, I, I think they, they, they look at, at losing to the Leafs and, you know, they, they think they played well enough to win that series, even though they lost in six games. They kind of really all kind of comes down to losing, you know, three games in overtime, three home games in overtime uh, in that series. So, um, and, and, but, you know, they, they have the the core back, you know, all the, 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 the main, uh, main, the cast of characters that we've, we've gotten used to the past several years are all back. And um, I think Julian Breezeball has worked hard to um, maybe address some, some needs um, and then we'll see what, what comes about, but, you know, again, uh, you know, the Eastern conference is, is no slouch. You know, we, we, we saw that, you know, we, the, the Panthers proved that, uh, any team can, uh, sneak into the playoffs and like they did and make it all the way to the Stanley cup final. So, um, it's, it's not going to be easy. It never is, but, um, you know, this team's going to make a, make another run at it. Yeah, I think they will, and and you know, probably people are discounting them a little more than they have in the past. Now, sure. This this extra time has given Julian Breezeball and others, you know, a chance to sort of look at their team even longer. I know they they're they're prepared. They do this no matter how mm-hmm. much time they have, but there are some changes, and and I think the, the the biggest one, if you just sort of look at the lines, is that school bus line, right? It's all yeah. gone. I mean, Belmar yeah. and, and and Maroon and, and Corey Perry. So let let's kind of start there. Like, what you know, who who's going to jump into those spots, which was a very important line for them the last few years. Yeah, I think you know, it's it's. it's I think you can look at it a couple of ways. One, you know, like you said, you're you're rebuilding a whole line there. 
Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they had to rebuild the entire third line when they lost Yanni Gord, uh, Blake Coleman, and, and uh, Barclay Goodrow. So they've done it before, and they've been successful with it. Obviously, that line was one that was you know a heavy line, uh, a checking line, one that you know you didn't really depend on too much for offense, but you really wanted them to be kind of a shutdown kind of line. Um, and I think the way that the, the Breezeball's you know kind of approaches is it he really did think that you know they needed to get a little bit better defensively, and I think. You know, with some of the guys that they went out and got, um, you know, Luke Lindenning, um, Connor Sheary, uh, most recently Tyler Mott, um, guys who, you know, good four checkers are not necessarily going to light up the stat sheet for you, but uh, I think they're going to play hard. They're going to play, you know, um, you know a, a heavy style of hockey and, um, you know, they're going to block shots. They're going to hit guys in the corners. They're going to battle puck, battle for pucks, which is really it's a lot of what that fourth line did. Um, for the past couple of years. And I think, you know, the, the, the big thing is when, when you talk to Julian, it's, it's kind of limiting some of those, um, you know, high volume, high danger shot attempts that, that they're allowing in their own end, which we saw, you know, last year, you know, during waves, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty heavy there that, that uh, Andre Vasilevsky was facing kind of an onslaught there mm-hmm. um, with some, some, some really, uh, really high danger, high leverage scoring chances there. So I think that's the big thing, you know, they, they bring in some of these guys to kind of, you know, get a little bit better defensively and also too, so that some of the big guns don't have to play some of these defensive matchup minutes and, you know, cause they're going to play there you know, and, and you can kind of use them the way that they're supposed to be used, which is, you know, uh, you know, concentrating on, on stuff on, 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 uh, on the offensive end of the ice. So um, I think that's kind of the, the way, They've kind of looked at the season, like you said, that that, that fourth line, that's, it's going to be different because, um, you know, without guys like Corey Perry and, and, and Belmar and Pat Maroon, um, you know, you lose a little bit in the locker room there. You know, those are guys who yeah. um, kind of, you know, veteran guys who brought a lot, um, you know, a lot of blue collar work ethic, a lot of leadership in the room. So you're going to lose that. Um, you know, but I think, you know, this is one of those years where, you know, they've invested a lot in the young core. And we, you know, I know we've talked about a lot is like, given like some pretty lengthy extensions to some of these guys in their mid twenties. And I think mm-hmm. this is where you're really going to kind of see some of those guys kind of become both leaders on and off the ice, you know, right. and, you know, guys like, you know, Brandon Hagel, Anthony Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, you know, Eric Chernak, guys that they really invest a lot of time, Nick Paul, guys that they really invest a lot of, of, of length and money in terms of long-term deals. Um, right. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a, I don't want to say a changing of the guard, but it kind of is a little bit, you know, you're, you know, there's no Alex Kalor and there's, you know, last year, obviously they lost plot, you know, you're losing guys who, you know, were such a part of the fabric of this organization because they came up within it. Um, and, and now, you know, you're kind of seeing these other guys kind of take, take bigger roles. So I think that, you know, this will be a really interesting year of seeing that, you know, I think fans are used to, you know, maybe they, they know the reality that you're going to lose guys. Um, I think that, you know, this off season, they really, a lot of fans were really pretty heartbroken, not by just seeing Kalorn leave, but also seeing Pat Maroon traded. You know, those are two guys that, you know, fan favorites. But, um, yeah. you know, the, 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 everything's done here to kind of um, ensure that that this team will, won't won't take a step back. You know, that they're still, you know, a team that's going to be able to, um, you know, set a certain standard that'll be able to compete for Stanley Cups every single year. Really hard to replace guys like that that, that have been such a part of this team and, and been to so many Stanley Cups and things like that. But, to your point, um, it's it's going to be a younger group in some respects. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still have Hedman, you still have Stamkos and guys like this. I understand that, but 
the the bigger voices now are guys that are starting to just begin to reach their prime, right? Yeah. So that so that youthful sort of you know influx in that in that room could could really you know those new voices could actually add some energy, I would think. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think there's there's an added energy, and I think there's kind of a new identity too, a little bit because when yeah. you think about it, a lot of those guys weren't really on Stanley the Stanley Cup winning teams. You know, I think we. I think it's yeah. you know uh, you know a handful maybe seven eight nine guys who are still on those teams that won Stanley Cups and we know who they are they're all the big guys right it's the Sam sure. is the headman's the Vasilevskis the points the Kucherovs is Kucherov. you know guys like that so but um you know I think you know you're going to start seeing some of these guys and, and they're still young you know Brandon Hagel's you know still the youngest guy on this team at 24 years old Mikhail Sergachev is only 25 you know Anthony Sorelli is I think 20 26 27 you know so these are guys who have you know or young guys who've kind of you know learned at the altar of, of guys like you know Stamkos and and Headman and, and guys like that, and now it's it's kind of their time to kind of uh, you know pick up the mantle a little bit um, in terms of, of picking up a little bit bigger load you know on the ice and, and off of it too. You know, I mean, you, you you've lost some big big lead, big time leaders in the past few years. You know, whether it's you know guys like Yanni Gord, whether it's Ryan McDonough, whether like I said Kalorn, you know, guys like that Palat, you know, uh, you know guys who you know really meant a lot to you know, the, the culture of this organization and it's winning ways both on and off the ice. So um, I think that that'll be really interesting to see. Cause I do think that those, you know, one thing that you know, we talk about how much they gave to get some of these guys in trades. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think, you know, this, this organization has done a really good job at kind of, you know, thinking ahead to the future and being like, okay, these are the kind of guys we want to be that next wave of, of kind of lightning players that are going to be, you know, the leaders and kind of the cornerstones, you know I mean? Like the, the, the way they've doled out these eight year extensions the past couple of years has been pretty amazing because especially in, in the era of a, you know, a pretty much a flat cap, you know, right. um, you know, the cap hasn't gotten higher and, and, you know, and you've been locked up with some pretty big contracts with some of the big guys. So um, the way they've been able to do that is really easy. It's just really amazing. But, you know, when you talk to Breezeball about it, he'll always tell you, he says that the hard part is getting the stars, right? Is getting those guys locked up, is getting the the Stamkoses and the Headmans and the you know locking up Vasilevsky Young, you know, getting Absolutely. Braden Point on an eight year extension, locking up Kucherov Young, you know, and then the easy part is kind of you know creating creating the guys around them. But you know now you've seen kind of that that next next wave of it in terms of investing in these younger guys, you know, for on a long term basis. So it, it is kind of a different. Um, it's definitely a different feel, I think, going into into this season because it is, you know, it's it's not all about this veteran leadership necessarily. You know, it's not all all about you know those guys. Right. You know, it, it's a kind of about it, these other guys are kind of, you know, uh, you know, pushing their way in because they're they're needed to to be uh, you know, a little, little bit play a little bit bigger role. You mentioned Glenn Denning and and then Tyler Mott. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, they just signed when uh, Josh Archibald decided not to play, yeah, uh, for the time being. So. This and, and and this is something you re- made reference to also a minute ago. There seems to be, you know, that Breezeball wants to return to more of a defensive-minded uh, yeah. type attack. Is that is that fair? Is that what he's trying to do here? Well, I, th- I think I think the thing is, you know, you, the, you know the, the the blueprint kind of always changes every year. You know, I mean, like I was talking yeah. to someone the, the other day about, you know, what, what does it take to win a Stanley Cup? And we saw, you know, Vegas. You know, we all we the, the way the Lightning won the Stanley Cup was, you know, basically. Great goaltending, and mm-hmm. um, you know they, they weren't going to be get beaten late, and you know, but but really, kind of, you know, ensuring that they were going to keep the puck out of their own net, you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, 
you know, but I, I mean, Vegas did it maybe a little bit different way. They kind of outscored everyone, you know, which, which is kind of a different, different mindset, you know, now, but, uh, but I, I do think that, you know, they, the, the way that they see it, they, they've got to win is, is it's always been, I mean, it always goes back to the, the Blue Jackets series back in, in what was it? 19, you know, it's like you could, you can be the best, the greatest show on, on ice, <laughs> but you know, if, if, if you can't keep the puck out of your own net, you know, you're not going to win track meets and you're not going to win, right. you know, these, these shootouts. And, um, you know, I think that that's a way that they, that's, that's been their formula to really winning. And I think they kind of want to get back to that. And, you know, some of these guys I think can, can do it. They're not, like I said, they're not going to be guys that are going to, you know, light up the stash sheet, but I think they're guys that the fans are going to learn to really like, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched Glenn Denning play, you know, he played in Detroit for several years. He played in Dallas a couple of years, but, um, you know, he, he's one of those, you know, bottom six kind of guys who, does little things that you really notice that help teams, you know, kind of win games. So um, I think, you, you know, you're going to see a, a little bit of that. And I think that they might not be Pat Maroon. They might not be uh, Corey Perry or Alex Kalorn, but, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to learn to kind of appreciate what what, what they can bring. Well, the, you know, you meant and Pat Maroon, of course, was among other things, sort of the enforcer out there. Yeah. Not afraid, not afraid to drop the gloves at the uh, face-off. And so right. um, we saw we saw Tanner Janot enough last year to know you don't want to mess with him either. Um, yeah. And and so him, guys like uh, Mikey Eisenman, I mean, you wrote about these guys in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Yeah. Those those are players that are now going to suddenly be in those roles. And, and, and quite frankly, I mean, they made an impression uh, when they were when they joined the team late last year. Yeah, especially given the the short kind of you know time span that they're really on the team. When you think about it, you know, yeah. I, both of them were acquired right around the trade deadline, and um, you know, I think you know, Jano is always going to go back to what you gave for him, right? Five draft picks and and Cal yeah. Foot, but but at the end of the day, you know, he's a guy that you know they were happy to get him. You know, it was he was a restricted free agent, so he was going to be arbitration eligible. You know, he's still under you know team control, but you were able to keep him at a pretty good salary for the next couple of years. So you know, he's a part of the few the the you know short term future at least. Um, and like, like you said, I think the, the the big thing with him is like which version you're going to see because I think when they traded for him, you know, they they, they needed him to be kind of that that rough and tumble guy, um, you know, a guy who's going to be you know play hard and and play heavy. Um, but, you know, there, there was another version of him in his rookie year that scored a, a pretty good amount of goals. I think he scored, you know, so close to 20 goals his rookie year. Um, he didn't have that last year. I think he only had, you know, six or seven goals last year. But if he can get back to that kind of form, then he's, you know, he's, he's a you know top six guy who can, you know, maybe play on, on that, uh, you know, that, that maybe he's a replacement for like an Alex Kalorn, you know, like on a Sorelli, you know, line or, or something like that, you know. Um, but, I think that that's kind of the thing you're waiting for is, you know, seeing where do these guys kind of fit in and how are they going to take the step with, you know, in, in bigger roles, you know, Mikey Isamont was a guy who in a, you know, very short time and very, really kind of limited playing time really kind of made, made an impact. He obviously made an impact when he came off the, you know, off the bench to, to, to score a goal in, in, uh, in, in Toronto in the playoffs. So, um, and, and, and he's a guy who's, you know, pretty relentless and not the biggest guy in the world, but, you know, he'll get in guys' face too. So, um, you know, the, the, I think, you know, kind of, I think that's something that, that maybe this team kind of needs to regain a little bit is a little bit of swagger. Um, yeah, yeah that, that was one thing that, you know, when you're winning, it, it, it kind of, you know, comes with the, you know, with the act a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I do think that the, you know, it, it kind of stings from last season, how it ended, you know, obviously they played so well at home, 
and then to lose all three of those games in overtime when you know the, the great you know the great Stanley Cup winning teams that we've seen recently were teams that once you got to the third period and they were even close you knew that they were going to pull out those games they knew they were going to pull out those games and for them to kind of go out that way I think they've kind of kind of got to recapture that a little bit I think you know Andre Vasilevsky even though that you know there's no doubt that everyone has confidence in him I think he's got to you know regain a little bit of confidence in himself um, and kind of refine as he's getting older and kind of reaching you know reaching 30 I think he's 29 this year you know every goaltender's kind of got to re reinvent himself whether it's preparation wise or the way they play um and and, and just you know again just you know I think they, they've just kind of got to get their find a little bit of that mojo back you know um it's 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 hard when you lose like they did in the Stanley Cup final two years ago but I think you know but they always kind of had that mojo going in I think this year you know maybe it's a little bit you know because you see the division you see you know you got beat by the Leafs you know you see how tough it is um and, and you but but the, the one thing that these guys know at the end of the day is that they know what it takes and I think when you talk to guys the veteran guys they'll say that so you mesh that with kind of this usual exuberance of some of these up and coming guys and and you know maybe you've got a really good mix of of of, of guys who've been there and are trying to get there so um i think that's what we're going to see this year i don't think i'll ever get over uh, i was with a bunch of guys watching uh that game were they up 4-1 4-2 something like that in the third period yeah. to toronto at home yeah and then it just coll- i mean it was so sudden it just collapsed it was stunning yeah. so you're right i think when that sort of thing happens you're like your confidence is a little bit shaken and that's just not what they were used to um Every conversation about the Lightning probably has to begin, if not end, I think, with Andre Vasilevsky. And, and mm-hmm. he's talked about this, uh, Eduardo, about, you know, uh, what he needed to do in the offseason. And I think, the, I think the extra time will probably help him as much as anybody. But he's got a new number two goaltender, which is unlike, certainly, Brian Elliott. Um, right. And, uh, you know, Jonas Johansson, I mean, you could talk about this guy. I think, how much will he play? And, and, and this is a this is a fairly young guy with, with, I would think Breezebot thinks has some upside, right? Yeah. I think, you know, he, he kind of had a breakthrough year the past year, you know, he didn't play too much at the NHL level, I think three or four games, but um, had a really good, you know, really good numbers in the AHL. Um, and I think that they do kind of see him as kind of, I mean, Julian's already kind of tagged him as a, with that kind of untapped potential mark there. So, um, and it'll be interesting to see, I do think you bring a guy like this in, maybe a younger guy who can carry a little bit more of the load, yeah. Um, to, to, to do that, to kind of give a little bit of a, of a break to, to Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, he, maybe he doesn't have to play, you know, 60 games a year, you know, because sure. he is getting older and, and, you know, the, 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 the physical stuff does, you know, take, take its toll eventually on mm-hmm. you and, and gradually as you get older, I mean, we know that. And so, um, you know, there, there's, I think that they, they bring him in here with the focus of, you know, let's see how much maybe this, this guy can help carry the water a little bit, you know, and, um, you know, because I do think that, you know, Andre Vasilevsky has put a lot of pressure on himself to be the guy to be, you know, he, he he's always been the guy who's pushed more. You know, he wants to push sure. more. That's his nature. Um, you know, and, and, and that's been the, the way he's 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 known success and seek success. So in that context, I think that this year was the first year where he kind of you know, was kind of hit with the idea that, you know, he's going to have to kind of push back a little bit. And he did this year, you know, he, he kind of pushed back a little bit on his routine, um, a little bit more on his work, you know, a little bit more in his practice uh, time. So um, I think you're going to see that continue. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, 
you know, with a younger guy like Johansson out there to see him take a little bit more of the load in terms, especially the regular season. You know, at the end of the day, you know, whether Andre Vasilevsky plays, you know, 60 games or 50 games, you know, at the end of the day, what it's about is that he's one playing at his best, seeing the puck, you know, the, the best and healthy when it matters the most, which is in, you know, April and May and, and, and June. So I think, um, that's really kind of where the thrust of, of, of getting a guy like, like Johansson. It's funny because, you know, they've, they've gone with these veteran guys, maybe some of these older guys, because they've seen that, you know, those guys can kind of handle playing sporadically. You know, right. they, they, they've, they've known it before, whether it was Brian Elliott or, mm-hmm. um, or, or Curtis McElhaney before, you know, even Louis Deming, you know, guys who are a little bit older, but like at, at the end of the day, I do think that, you know, at, what we're seeing right now is, you know, Vassy needs some help, you know, and then, and, you yeah. know, I think Vassy also put pressure on himself, you know, and it's not to say that he didn't trust Brian Elliott, but you know, when, when Elliott obviously did have a good year and he kind of faded, you know, dramatically down the stretch. So, you know, when you're looking at points and you're looking at, you know, records and everything like that, you know, they're still in the playoffs, but you know, you want to feel good about the way you're playing. And um, I think Vassy put some of that extra pressure on himself, you know, too. So I think if, if you can get a guy there that you can trust and, and can maybe take a little bit more of the load. Um, I think mentally and physically that helps Vasilevsky, and I think that's a that's a part of it. Yeah, he's always been a guy that wanted to push to play all the time and, yeah. and wanted to be there for his team. And sometimes you've got to sit on him a little bit, and hopefully they find a guy that can can pick up that slack. All right, um, you you talked about uh, in the in the Tampa Bay Times again um, uh, this recently completed uh, showcase that they had down there in Estero. So mm-hmm. tell me about the the prospects now who are yeah. the guys that whose names we're going to be hearing um like we've heard before with you know in in, in other years like ross colton yeah. and those guys that have come up yeah so it, it'll be interesting because you know you always kind of want to see who's the next next guy who's kind of next in line right and then sure. i know that you know they, they don't necessarily have to make the roster and i don't think you know many of these guys are a lot of these guys who we're talking going to be talking about are going to make the roster but especially coming out of camp but you know, they're going to be on this short list when, when someone comes up and mm-hmm. when, when someone's needed, you know, with Ross Colton, I think, you know, three years ago, he made a big impact in, in training camp. And he was one of those first guys who came up when they needed uh, a forward an injury and he stayed up, you know, he, he never went back down the AHL again. We saw him become the player that he became. Um, Nick Perbix, you know, last year, you know, didn't, didn't Terrific. make a, yeah. you know, didn't make camp, didn't make the opening right roster. But, um, you know, when they needed some help on the right side of the blue line, uh, he he was a guy they trusted and kind of earned their trust even in training camp enough to be hey let's let's throw him out there and obviously he he made a big mark um you know Darren Radish kind of same way he's he was a little bit later addition but I think so I think you know th- th- that's the big thing of like the 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 preseason is for some of these guys it's about getting um making impression on the uh you know on, on the NHL staff on John Cooper and his coaches you know uh, they haven't necessarily seen these guys yet um you know the the, the they only had three games in the showcase and those were run by the AHL coaches. So they're getting used to it. Also there's a new, new coaching staff in, in Syracuse. So they're kind of getting used to these guys too, but there's a couple guys really stand out. These are two guys that are newcomers to, to the organization because they're, they're coming from, uh, from, from overseas. Uh, you know, while Terry Morella, sorry, well, Terry Morella, he um, he's a Finnish player who played in Finland. They like him because he's won championships. You know, I think that you know when the Lightning go out and get guys, sometimes it's like okay, uh, there's a certain you know winning pedigree that's valuable when, when when you look at guys who come from from different leagues. And I think 
Morella is, is that guy who went back-to-back cups in, in, in the Finnish league. Um, but he's got a lot of talent. You know, he, he's a, he's a big guy. He can forecheck, he can throw his body around, but he can skate and uh, plays great in front of the net. I think we saw that in the showcase um, and can really push the puck forward. So he's one guy to kind of watch. I think you're going to hear his name a lot in the preseason as those guys kind of get a lot of playing time, especially early on. Um, and then Maxim Groshev, who's a, a, a draft pick, I think third round pick a couple years ago, um, spent the past few years in the KHL in Russia. Um, but he's another one of those guys who just kind of a hard charging um, forward. He creates a lot of scoring opportunities for himself, um, very aggressive you know, towards the net. And uh, I think, you know, he's going to be one of those guys who can make a push too. And like, let's not forget, like some of these guys, they take some time getting used to the, the North American game. You know, it's, it's the, it breaks yeah. a little bit shorter, the, the pace mm-hmm. of, get, of plays a little bit more. It's a little bit more, you know, got, you don't have much, much, as much time and space um, to create or to play. Um, so, you know, these guys will probably go down to, to Syracuse to start off with to continue to get used to that. But, you know, and, and not every, this is, this is probably the, the, the the elite best case example, but I do know that when Nikita Kucherov went down to the Syracuse, he he played maybe a handful of games. And if, if anyone saw him, you know, when he played those 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 few games in Syracuse, um, he was just at a different level above everyone else. You know, he he had every he had, he very quickly showed that uh, he was ab- above that level. So um, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it, it you know sometimes it just takes you know some kind of, you, you get you know a, something a, some a bottle, lightning in a bottle like Nikita Kucherov but um you know but i think right now those are two guys that the organization is excited about it's two guys that you'll hear a lot about the next you know 6 weeks or so and two guys who you know could be in the conversation um when when they do need a forward at some point in the year cuz um you know right now with some of the veteran guys that they've they've gotten to 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 fill those bottom six roles there's not necessarily too many you know, roster spots to really battle for right now, but um, there's always going to be, you know, an opportunity, you know, there's injuries or stuff like that that comes about. So um, I think those are two guys that really kind of stand out to you when, um, when, especially coming off of the showcase, both of them played really well um, mm-hmm. in the showcase against um, other prospects from Nashville, Carolina and uh, Florida. I'll get you out on this one. I, I don't think it's possible to be a, go to three Stanley Cups uh, in a row, and even though you lose in the first round of Toronto as they did last year, that people forget about the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's just not right. going to happen with that guy in net, um, with guys like Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. The people in the NHL know how good this hockey team has been and how good this organization is. Having said that, though, their name might not be in the top of the list of all the great prognosticators that think that whether it's the Rangers or the Bruins or, you know what I'm saying, Florida. Yeah. Um, so with John Cooper, who is a Hall of Fame coach already, yeah. how do you think he'll play this? Like, is, is there going to be sort of, okay, yeah, we're not, we're not counted on now. We're not, we're not the top of the heap. People kind of overlooking us a little bit. Like, will he use that? Uh, will there be sort of a chip on these guys' shoulders at all? Or uh, is that just too overblown? No, I, th- I think he'll use that. You know, I think that, you know, I, I do think that, you know, now, you know, the room kind of, he, he doesn't say too much to these guys, to be honest with you, I don't think, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, I think at this point, again, they, they know what it takes, you know, and again, sure there's maybe yeah. some guys who, who haven't been through that, you know, that grind, you know, but, mm-hmm. but they've been around the guys who have enough to know, like kind of what, what, but, but you're right. I, th- I think that there, there's, there's no doubt that the lightning always kind of play with a chip on the shoulder. It's, it's amazing. Even, 
even after they won back-to-back Stanley Cups, I still think that <laughs> that they still had that kind of chip. You know, I mean, yeah. they, I think that you know they they they're, they're not getting they don't get the attention that Toronto gets. They don't get that's right. You know, they're not an original six team. They just think they're this team down in Florida. You know what I mean? That's not <laughs> yeah. in a really that's not really in a hockey market. You know what I mean? And I think that you know, yeah. I, I think and honestly, I, I think it's it's kind of guys kind of like that. They kind of like being yeah. off the radar a little bit. You're a little bit. Let's face it. In the hockey world, you're a little bit off the grid in Tampa Bay, you know. That's right. And 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 so you can kind of you can you can as as you say munch points, and <laughs> and before you know it, there you are in the thick of things. And then when it comes to playoff time, you're you're at your best, and you kind of you know you block shots and you play really good goaltending, and you know you let your stars you know be your stars, and um and they and they come to play, and and, and that's the thing. I mean, one one thing too we didn't mention is I, I think there's going to be a big thing, you know. Um, for like guys like Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, those both of those guys had amazing regular seasons, right? Yeah, they did. Incredible mm. regular seasons. But both of them, I think, would tell you that uh, they 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 didn't have very good postseasons in that series against the against the Leafs. So I think right. that you know for for both of those guys, they're going to come into this with with a chip on their shoulders, being like mm. you know, I mean, like I said, you kind of play in the shadows in Tampa Bay for a long time, you know. Um, right. and, and then, and then the playoffs come and everyone's kind of like, Oh wow, this is a really good team. But, um, and so I, I think that that kind of, you know, kind of grates on them a little bit because they really weren't able, you know, especially guys, both of those guys, Kucherov and point, no point was injured a couple of years ago, but like, you know, both of those guys, they, they were, have been incredible in the postseason, and for them to kind of, you know, not be at their best last year. I think, I think those are two guys who are really going to kind of, you know, play play all season long with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. You know, like I said, these are two guys. It's a guy who's coming off of a fifty goal season, and a guy who you know had a hundred points. So you know, yeah. it's not like you know they they have a lot to you know be ashamed of by any means, right? But th- definitely, I think you'd ask if you'd ask both of them. I know we and and, and Braden said it at the end of at after the Toronto series is that you know they kind of stuck with him. Is that you know I wasn't my best. You know, I wasn't yeah. my best when I need to be at my best. So um, I think that's really when you look at at, at maybe. You know the chip on the shoulder, and maybe that extra motivation that maybe you need. I think it probably mm-hmm. does come from more of the guys in the room than maybe it does from Coop, because I think that you know Coop says Coop and Coop's a master motivator. He knows. I think the great thing about him is when when he walks into a room, he knows when to say something and he knows when not to say something. So mm-hmm. um, and he knows when to let the room kind of patrol itself. So um, yeah. and so I, I think that 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 um, but I think definitely when, when it comes to mind of like who's the guys who are kind of having those chips on the shoulders. I think that, you know, you definitely look at Point and Kucherov as, as two of those guys. If the leaders lead 50 goal season, you'd like to uh, go deep into the playoffs and play yeah. that well. And same with, with Nikita Kucherov for sure. He's Eduardo Encina. Ed, it starts, man, I, I know what's in front of you, but hey, it's <laughs> going to be, it's going to be fun. I trust me. It will. You just got to get through training camp, right? So you can play some yeah, that's games. The thing, man. It's like, tra- you know how it is the preseason. <laughs> when, is it? When, you oh. get, when you get through training camp and the preseason games, everything like that. Yeah. And then, and then you're you're right at the at the season opener, and then you're like, and everyone's like, "Aren't you excited for the season?" And you're like, "Man, <laughs> I've been at this for six weeks. I'm what are you dead. talking about?" You know, that's right. So, yeah. so uh, uh, you know, you know the grind. Yeah, it's a necessary evil, and you'll be back on the grind. Appreciate it, buddy cop. Talk to you down the road, man. Anytime, buddy cop. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'll tell you who's really happy about hockey season. That'd be my girls because that's the sport they care about. The rest of it doesn't matter. But hockey, yeah, they're all in on that. So look forward to that. Uh, we're going to uh, talk college football and a good, a really good slate of college football games this week, Steve. I mean, it's, it's a huge slate this week. Yeah. I think there's six, six or seven games between ranked opponents. Oh, love it! Like I'm trying love to it. pull it up real quick here. You've got Florida State at Clemson. Oh, that's well, a Clemson's good one. not actually rated, but yeah, Colorado so. at Oregon. Uh, that's a step up in class. Ole Miss at Bama. <laughs> Nick Saban. You see that back and forth between him and Lane. It was great. UCLA at Utah. It's going. Yeah. Oregon State at Washington State. Woo, yeah. Iowa at Penn State. And Ohio State at Notre Dame. Hoonale. We got college football. Those are good games, man. Now, Did this, I hear this Florida, is the first Did I hear real, a Florida is, game in there, or are they off this week? What's going on? They host the Niners from Charlotte. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Because Rocky Top is done, so now I got to take a little take a little breath here and bring in uh, bring in Charlotte, which will probably be a lot tougher than uh, than I, I'm yeah. probably giving them credit for. Uh, so yeah, that'll be fun college football, and we'll talk to Matt Baker as we do each and every week, and uh, it'll be fun to get his take on what happened up there in Gainesville with Tennessee, and for that matter, how USF managed to hang in there until the fourth quarter with a three three game. They've been against, getting awards uh, all over Alabama. college football for their defensive effort. And some of the players and, and that, yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, that's great. Um, the uh, recognition. Yeah, Evans got the uh, Bednarik National Defensive Player of the Week Award. He had three sacks, I think. Yeah, he? I mean, he yeah. was, what, eight tackles for a loss or something like that? Oh, I mean, he's incredible, yeah. Uh, just, you know, just awesome job. And, and uh, the whole defense, I, I lost the... I had a release, but I lost it. But, yeah, they got they got awarded, uh, like, Defensive Team of the Week and stuff like that. So Good for them. They should. They deserved mm-hmm. it. And I'll tell you what, you can do worse than to start when you're rebuilding a program than to start with a good defense. You could do a lot worse mm-hmm. than that. And, uh, you know, offense usually takes a little more time to execute and figure out your personality and all that. Of course, the quarterback position is a big part of that. Um, but if you can play good defense against Alabama, that, that should go a world yeah. of confidence for them. The key for the key for them is how they come out this week, and they've got to play with that same effort and energy. The same effort, yep. If they can do that, they're going to be in good shape this season. Yeah, and that's part of changing the culture. You know, making sure mm-hmm. those guys are ready to play each and every week, as if it is Alabama. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. All right, thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back tomorrow for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 